listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Um, Today, in a little bit, what I want to do with you, because I don't know if I've ever done this on the broadcast, is I want to deal with a thought about, uh, about fear, a secret about fear that nobody really talks about. And uh, I think it's probably never been more appropriate than it is now to talk about fear and anxiety with so many people dealing with it. And um, I'm going to talk about what, what really is uh, behind the scenes of fear. Hey, Sue, love you and Seth a lot. Um, what's behind the scenes of, of fear? And deal with the fact that the enemies work so hard, but what is it that, um, that really is behind the scenes? It, made, it makes me think of, um, you guys remember the Wizard of Oz? Everybody thought the wizard was like so uh, amazing and magical and all that. And all of a sudden they just see this old dude behind the curtain who's running the big machine and it's really just a guy that's tricking everybody. Uh, it made me think that direction this morning that uh, we're going to go behind the scenes of fear uh, today. It's going to help you. It's going to actually build your faith. And I'm going to show you some things from the Word of God that are going to really build your faith um, and, and, and help you to understand how we react and what we need to know about fear, about the spirit of fear, about how the enemy uses fear. And, and, and how you can literally overcome fear every single time. That you never have to deal with fear like the rest of the world does. We're going to talk about that. And um, it's really, really going to be, it's really going to be eye-opening, I believe. Today, though, we've got a couple of really great announcements. Of course, as you guys know, the Victory Tribe hoodies launched. They're in the store. But now, we've got a couple of other pieces getting ready to drop in just a short period of time. And, um, one of them, I am so, so it, cause it, it, I don't know. I, I don't know if I should even talk about this yet, but there's a reason. There's a reason I'm so excited. Uh, I've shared some teasers already, but got some new things getting ready to drop. Once again, here's how you're going to know about it first. You'll be first in line. Uh, you'll get, I'm, I won't talk about it, Jenna. Not going to talk about it, but very excited. Some uh, Gina said, say it, you just say it, do it, go with your gut instinct. Um, right here, that's Brooklyn kissing me on the phone right there. Um, this is how you get, this is how you get first in line for these things. Miracleword.com forward slash text. Uh, I'm just telling you, you're going to want to be first in line. Lily is still waiting on the uh, Victory Tribe car wrap. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be good though. By the way, for those of you, like your gut says no. Now Carolyn's jumping to genocide. Uh, by the way, we're going to be, uh, as you guys know, I didn't know, I didn't know uh, certain people were coming. People have been letting me know. We're going to be with you at the banquet. I'm getting messages now. People I didn't even know were coming because I don't see the guest list. Genesee's the guest list. Uh, and I got so excited because people started messing me. I'm going to be there. I'm flying in. I'm driving in. Um, I'm pumped up. November the 12th and 13th, Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend. And uh, we've got some things that are going to be there that we've never had before. 
that you're going to be able to get your hands on. It's going to be a blast. They moved us into the ballroom. So now we got, we got room for a dance-off. That's all I'm saying. We got room for a dance-off. Um, thanks, Kevin. I like those two a lot. He said, I love the, the Yeti tumbler. I love it too a lot. Um, but also, the kids have moved into um, a character study that we're going every week. We're going through the character studies. And uh, last week was Daniel. We got a new one dropping tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss. Ben Foles said, I am in. Mary Beth and Jeff are going to be there. Bunch of people are, uh, are messaging me. We're going to be there. And I'm so excited to see you guys and to hang with you. Let me drop, though, a very exciting announcement. A very exciting announcement for today. Um, we're doing something now that we have never done ever before. And, and um, <laughs> that's bothering Carolyn, her OCD. She's like, move your, either move the shot or you move, but get yourself centered in that screen. Um, we've never done this before. And we're, what we're doing is we're really trying to touch the, the entire family. The, as we're coming down to the final moments of time, Jesus is coming. Every member of the family needs the power of the Holy Ghost. Every member of the family needs the mighty word of God, needs revelation of God's word. If we're going to stay strong before Jesus comes, if we're going to be the ones that will not fall away, if we're going to be the ones that are going to see supernatural victory, we've got to have revelation of God's word. And so... We're going to be expanding again, starting, really starting tomorrow, but I'm going to tell you about it today. Starting tomorrow, we're going to be expanding, but we're going to touch more of the family than we ever have. So, of course, we've had uh, Miracle Word Ministries now since, what, 2010, and uh, we've had Miracle Word Kids uh, since what, Maddie? A couple of years now? Two years? Miracle Word Kids for two years? November of 2019. See, Maddie remembers because it was her idea. Um, but, but now we're going to expand again because we want to touch your whole family. And uh, so we've got a little promo video for you, and then I'll be back to tell you more about it. Let's see it. What's up, everybody? It's Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I'm here with my nephew, Alex. We're getting ready to do something we've never done. We're launching a brand new podcast that's exclusively for students. It's called The Last Gen Podcast. It's for students because students are dealing with issues that really others may not be dealing with, but they need fuel for their Christian life. That's right. You need a place where you can get on fire for God and stay on fire in this culture of wickedness. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be teaching you how to know what you believe and why you believe it, how to stay on fire, and how to deal with those issues of life. Absolutely. And if you want to know more, you want to get connected to the podcast and subscribe, go to the website on the screen, miracleword.com forward slash last gen. Or you can search Last Gen Podcast on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe, share it with somebody. It's going to help this generation do what God's called them to do. So we're launching it starting tomorrow. By the way, the very first episode drops tomorrow. And uh, we'll have new content every single week for students. And uh, we're specifically targeting those that are like, you know, later middle school through high school, you know, college um, students that really, that's the time of your life when you need to be strong, 
when you need to be strong in the Lord without question. Um, yeah, it is Liz. This is what I was talking about to you in Scranton. We're launching this last gen podcast and actually it's already live. I believe on, uh, the major podcast platforms for you to subscribe. We have a trailer up right now. Tomorrow, the first episode drops. Um, so you're going to want to subscribe and be a part of that. But, um, if you go to the website that I just told you about miracleword.com forward slash last gen, all one word last gen, you'll see the podcast links there for all the platforms. If you listen on Spotify, if you listen on Apple, if you listen on Google, whatever, um, the reason I say there is because a lot of times when a podcast is brand new, even with search, it takes a while for it to propagate in the search function. So uh, I haven't even tried it yet in that way. But to be sure you get where we're going, um, go to that website, miracleword.com forward slash last gen. And uh, you need to get your kids involved, your students, your nephews, your nieces, your grandkids, whoever. Uh, and the, now, now let me say, as I said in the video, we are gearing these episodes uh, specifically to students. And, um, you know, one of the things that has always bothered me is when you see a young person who encounters maybe their first, um, they maybe they encounter their first pushback on Christianity. Well, you know, the Bible's not true. You know, that's just a bunch of myths written by people 2000 years ago. How do you even know that we still have the, all the pushbacks, the easy stuff? And the thing that bothers me is I've seen people encounter that and because they don't have a good answer, they lose their faith. They walk away from church. They walk away from Christianity. They don't. And, um, this is for that. We're going to give you answers. We're going to provide you with fuel to live life for Christ. The way that we're called to live for Christ. Um, I will not be doing all the episodes. I'll do a couple here and there, but really my nephew, Alex, that you saw in the video is going to be preaching. He's going to be teaching. He's going to be guiding uh, young people through with faith. Uh, my cousin Preston is going to be dropping episodes. We're going to have different people coming on. I'm sure Carolyn will talk to the young ladies. I'm going to talk to the young men. We're going to have multiple different hosts on this podcast platform. So really it's presented by the Miracle, by Miracle Word Ministries, but we want to pour into the lives of young people and we'll have different guest hosts too. I'm sure my friend Cody Spencer that runs the Uproar Conference will drop an episode here or there. But we just want, what we want is to provide the students of our generation that are uh, serving Jesus with fuel to live for the Lord with all their heart. Um, AJ was guessing that we were launching a seniors ministry, <laughs> Silver Sneakers Seniors Ministry. Uh, but no, not yet. We're not to the, uh, the, the miracle word. I think we're going to call it miracle word platinum when it drops miracle word platinum for the seniors. Um, Lilia said, this is awesome. We're doing it. And, uh, Patty's watching from Rockwood, Maine. I'm just telling you, I'm so pumped about this because I can't tell you how much that bothers me. Like we're commanded. Think about this. We're commanded in the Bible to be able to give an answer to those who have questions, you know, so when you see what Peter wrote, first Peter chapter three and verse 15, where the Bible tells us in a command, it's not a suggestion, you know, we're command pastor Danny Haas watching from York PA. Love you, man. 
um, Peter commands us. He's like, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Being prepared to do what? Make a defense to anyone, to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that's in you, but do it with gentleness and respect. We're commanded. We're commanded that if people have questions, if they have a, notice that phrasing, you've got to be ready to make a defense. That's a huge way to say, I love that, the way that that's phrased, make a defense, just like a lawyer would make a defense. That's where we get. And by the way, let me just say this quickly. Uh, the word there in the Greek language is apologia. It's, it, it doesn't mean, you know, you hear the term apologetics or, you know, this man's an apologist or he's preaching. It's, it's, it's apologetically. Um, it doesn't mean by the way, that we are apologizing for the gospel. I've actually heard people say that. It's like all these people getting into apologetics, but I'm not apologizing for the gospel. It, it has nothing to do with apologizing for the scripture or apologizing for your Christianity or apologizing for the gospel. That's not what it means. The reason here in the ESV, it's translated to make a defense. The Greek word apologia, uh, it actually is, that's what it means to make a defense, to have an answer prepared, uh, to explain why we believe what we believe. It doesn't mean to apologize for what we believe. It means to explain what we believe. And this is where young people suffer sometimes. This is why I did a whole broadcast when people are like, well, I'm not taking my kids out of public school. They're supposed to be a light in the darkness. They're not ready to be a light in the darkness. Most kids have not been raised up to be a light in the darkness and they're just being destroyed. Then we send them off to liberal universities and they're destroyed. Why? Because they're not ready. They're not ready to make a defense. And so, um, that's what we're planning to do is that we're going to take steps. We're starting with the children, but as the students are coming through the end of middle school, high school, college, we want to have content ready for you on the important subjects, the ver- the things that are taking people out. And so again, uh, we are launching starting tomorrow, the last gen podcast. Um, people say the last gen podcast. Well, obviously, uh, and we, we put this in the beginning too. I've talked about, it. I think it's in the trailer. We don't necessarily know that this is the last generation that will be on the earth. But one of the things that we always do is we live as though it's the last generation. We live like Jesus is coming today. We live like it's the last generation. And so what we're equipping people to do is to live in the final moments of time. Whether Jesus comes in this generation or not, we're going to live like he is coming. You know, when I was growing up, this, is, um, this, this was a doctrine of the church that we used to have people teach and preach from the pulpit. And it was called the doctrine of eminency. We called it eminency. What does that mean? We were preaching the imminent return of Christ. It was the imminent return of Christ. And we would teach people to live ready to see Jesus live. We don't, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour of his coming of his return, but we live with urgency knowing that his return is imminent. He could come at any moment. There's nothing holding Jesus back from coming, by the way. Nothing's holding him back other than 
the grace and mercy of God, who is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. That's really the only thing holding Jesus back. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And, um, and so we have to live like he's coming at any time. If that's the case, then our young people, our students, they need to have fuel for their spirit man so that they can not only have that urgency, but have the answers. Nothing's going to deter me from serving the Lord. Nothing's going to push me away. And they say, well, I just don't know. There's so many questions that I don't have answers to. Well, this is the key. We're going to give you answers so that you can make a defense. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There might be people that are watching right now. You're, you're not a student anymore. These will still benefit you because there's, I know Christians that are 50 years old that don't have answers that they need. And they'll, they'll come up and ask me in services, like, you know, how can we truly believe the New Testament uh, is accurate, like what the apostles had, things like that. I'll tell you how. And that's what this, this broadcast is going to help you. It's not a broadcast, it's just a podcast. We're not going to be necessarily live. There might be episodes they do on stereo or, or different places, but this podcast is going to be the hub. And so you need to subscribe, grab it, and know that uh, we're providing answers for the next generation. So last gen podcast, miracleword.com forward slash last gen. First episode drops tomorrow. Don't miss it. All right. Today we're talking about how to um, see behind fear. What the behind the scenes, um, you know, the secret you need to understand about fear, how dealing with fear Uh, It is going to be on Spotify, Hannah. Yes. All major podcast platforms. I'm going to quote to you a very famous uh, verse. You all know it. Um, Faith said Spotify and what else? It's going to be Apple. It's going to be Spotify. It's going to be Google. It'll be all the major podcast platforms. So you can find it anywhere. I'm going to quote this verse to you before you go as you're going to Romans 18, or excuse me, Romans 8, um, that you know very well, but it's going to help you set the foundation for what I'm talking about today. Paul wrote to Timothy in in the second letter that he wrote. And he said this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Matt, you could just leave it on the main because I don't, I don't know if the, the stuff has been, no, I'm saying like the, yeah, because I don't know if, if something happened where the audio got disconnected and that's why we lost it. Um, I had a professor when I was in Bible college who said to me, and he said to the class, he was like, now you need to understand this doesn't mean this verse doesn't mean that fear is a spirit. It's just talking about the ideology of fear. It's talking about the feeling of fear because in context, if fear was a spirit, then the other things Paul lists would also have to be spirits, power, love, and a sound mind. I got to thinking about what he said, and he's right. In context, those things would have to be spirits, and guess what? They are. Power, love, a sound mind. Uh, Power, the Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. He is the spirit of power. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good. Notice Jesus didn't have power 
until the Holy Ghost came upon him because he's an empowering spirit. He's the spirit of power. That's why uh, Jesus was able to do what he was able to do, but before he got the Holy Ghost, he couldn't do any of it because power, he is a spirit of power. Love, love is a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, John tells us God is love. God is love. And if God's a spirit, then love's a spirit because God is love. And so is peace a spirit, the spirit of peace. It is a spirit. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. So if spirit, if the spirit of peace, which is the Holy Spirit, again, comes upon you, you understand that it's not a feeling of peace because if it was, it would be event-based. You would have to wait for a peaceful event or a peaceful situation or surrounding in order to experience peace that other people have. But notice what we have, peace that passes all understanding. Why does it pass understanding? Because those that are looking at you from the outside cannot fathom the kind of peace that you have because they also can see the situation you're in, the surroundings, what the uh, government's doing, what the culture's like, what the environment is. And they wonder, how can they be so calm and so peaceful? In times like this, well, that's because it's a peace that passes. It goes beyond human understanding. See what I mean? So you begin to realize and understand it's because we have the spirit of peace. That's the Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of peace. We've got the spirit of power. We've got the spirit of love. Of course we do. And also fear is a spirit. There is a spirit of fear. Um, but the reason I had you turn, somebody asked, where in Romans are we at? We're in Romans chapter eight. And I want to show you Paul's writing to this church that no apostle has visited. He wants to visit them. Uh, but no apostle since the day of Pentecost has visited the church in Rome. And, um, he's explaining, that's why I like Romans. It's kind of Paul's full, uh, you know, he's, he's introducing his ministry to the church in Rome. He's giving them his full theology, basically, uh, in this letter to the Romans. So I want to go here to Romans chapter eight. I'll start with verse 12, Romans eight, starting with verse 12. We're going to read through verse 17. I want you to want you to hear this. Paul writes, so then brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live, if by the spirit you put to death, sorry, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. Verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Verse 15, now here's where I wanted to get you. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Get that. Verse 17, and if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified 
with him. So let's break this passage down. What's Paul talking about? Paul is talking about coming into the family of God as a Christian. He's talking about conversion, coming into the family of God. Um, We see here, life in the spirit is the heading. We start with verse one of chapter eight. You could read that whole passage where he's talking about life in the spirit has one of my favorite verses. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. So you begin to realize he's talking about coming from death unto life, coming alive in the spirit of God. And so he's talking about the spirit of adoption. I love this. We're adopted into the family of God. Even if we were not born Jewish, God adopted us. We were not his people by birth, but by adoption brought in to the family of God. He said it in verse 15, um, we receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So I want you to deal with this um, with me. Verse 15, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So the spirit of slavery is not the spirit you're operating in, Paul's teaching, but the spirit of adoption. You are not a slave, you're a son. Get this, you're not a slave, you're a son. You're not a slave, you're a son. In fact, I want you to put it in the comments. I'm not a slave, I'm a son. Very important, very important. I'm not a slave, I'm a son. This makes a big, big difference when we're dealing with the subject of fear. One of the reasons that people deal with fear as Christians is because of a a misunderstanding of their identity. I'm not a slave, I'm a son. You're not a daughter, Gina, you're a son. This is talking to men and women. Sons of God, there's a reason that you're not a daughter of God, you're a son of God. It's very important that you get this. It could have said daughter. It's not, it, it's not talking about that. What you need to understand is that men and women, of course, we know the Bible says that uh, there is no male or female. There is no uh, slave or free. It's, the Lord looks at us all the same. There's neither male nor female neither bond nor free. So you got to realize there's an importance here though. You're a son because of the inheritance. Get this culturally. The daughters didn't receive inheritance like the sons did. They didn't receive it. The Lord wants you to understand that because you're a son, The inheritance is also yours. It's in this context here. Look at that. Verse 17. And if children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. So look at this. God's not just looking to exalt Christ and to give him the glory, but we've been glorified with Christ. That's also found here in verse 8. Here in chapter eight, uh, which I could show you here, which is a powerful, powerful passage. Let, let me read it to you. I'm still in Romans chapter eight, but I'm going to read to you uh, verses 29 and 30. 
listen to verses 29 and 30. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among, among many brothers. Listen, here's where it gets exciting. Verse 30, and those whom he predestined, he also called, hallelujah. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. That ought to make you shout right there. <laughs> if he justified you, he glorified you. If you're a Christian, you're justified. You're justified. And if he justified you, according to Paul's writing, he also glorified you. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. And you share. Why would I share in the glory of Christ? Because I'm part of his body. I'm not separated from Christ. I'm in Christ. When I was dead in trespasses and in sins, he raised me up together with Christ and made me sit in heavenly places with Christ. Why? Because I am now in the body of Christ. I am a part of Christ. We, it's one body, but there are many members in particular, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, many members in particular. The reason I share in his glory and that you share in his glory is because we're not separated from his body. Powerful thought. And the Bible says those whom he justified, he also glorified. So when we're looking at this, just a few verses up above where it says that we've not received the spirit of slavery, but the spirit of adoption, Here's a big part of understanding fear, the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Oh man, get this now. If we miss, if we miss this powerful thought, we will miss why we don't need to be afraid. And I'm going to take you in a moment to, uh, first John. And it's a very important thought that ties right in with Romans eight. First John four in a moment, but, but get this, Paul's saying he's contrasting these two things. You're not falling. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, uh, as sons by whom we cry out the father. So Paul's teaching here, you don't have to fall back into fear because now you've got an understanding that you're a son of God. And if you're a son of God, women and men, then you have the right to receive the inheritance of God. You are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You know, it's very interesting. I think of it this way. I have small uh, children. I have a son that's only five. And, uh, you know, if we're on a ride, maybe we go to an amusement park or something like that. If we go on a ride or something, I remember we were at Universal recently and um, we went on the, the King Kong Skull Island ride. And he's like, dad, I, I need, I need to sit next to you. I'm gonna sit next to you, dad. I was like, all right, that's, that's fine. And so we get on that uh, Kong Skull Island and it's like a, it's an immersive experience. You know, you got 
dinosaurs running over here, smashing your van and like, you know, all these, you know, different bugs on, and there's like guns going off and Kongs fighting down. It's like, you know, it's pretty intense. And, um, I noticed something that the more intense the ride gets, the more I feel those little arms and hands grabbing onto my arm on this side that he's sitting. I noticed that Teddy's little hands, little arms grabbing tighter on my arm on that side. What is it that's causing him to do that? You know, why doesn't he just sit there? If, if it's too, if it's too intense for him, if, if he's feeling that right, why doesn't he just sit there by himself and try to deal with what's going on? Even though it's just a ride to his little mind, that's, that's intense. That might be scary, but notice what he's doing. He grabs onto me, holds tight. He's pulling onto me. Why? Something about it, instinct, just instinctively. He grabs a hold of the father. Notice that. In his mind, my father who's next to me is strong. And he provides protection and security. Notice this is what is what's in his mind without even knowing he's not analyzing it in this way. He's not sitting there as a five-year-old boy and saying, now my father is, is strong and he provides security and, and you know, he provides provision and he's, he's not thinking of that. It just in him, the instinct is if something is bothering me, I'm going to grab tighter to my father. Get this now. If something's bothering me, I'm going to grab tighter to my father because he begins to understand without even explaining it. He can't analyze it, but he already knows my dad protects me. My dad provides for me. My dad shields me. My dad comforts me. You see that he knows those things instinctively. Why? Because he sees himself as my son, not as my slave. Get that in your heart. He sees me as my, as uh, he's my son, not my slave. And because he sees himself as my son, he automatically instinctively, listen to me now, instinctively believes he has a right to those things. Man, if you can get this in your heart now, he never has once turned to me in a moment like that and said, Hey, would it be all right, dad, if I just grabbed onto your arm? I'm feeling uneasy. I'm feeling a little scared. And I would wonder, would it be all right with you if I was, if I was to grab onto your arm and just kind of hold your, would you put your arm around me? Would you, would you mind doing that? If you don't mind, would you? He's never once asked me that. He's never asked for permission to get under my arm. He's never asked for permission to grab hold of my arm. He just does it. Why does he just do it? Because he sees himself as my son. And if he sees himself as my son, to his mind, I've got a right to be under dad's arm. I've got a right to hold my dad. He's protecting me. He's next to me. He's strong. And notice that the only reason he just jumps right in and does it is because of how he sees himself as my son. And it gives him automatic rights to my strength, my protection, my comfort, my provision, 
all of it. All of it is his just because he's my son. Think about that for a minute. All of it's his simply because he's my son. And you know, little kids, they feel that way until you, you know, somebody would teach them differently until there's bad parenting or until there's some sort of abuse. They feel that way instinctively until somebody pushes them away from that. And it's funny because, um, (laughs) that kind of a love, you know, when you feel that strong connection of love with your father, it's interesting because like, it's like he called me last week when I was in Massachusetts and he says to me, he goes, dad, you know, Christmas is coming. I said, yeah, I know. He said, I got the magazine for the, uh, you know, Amazon sends out the magazines for the toys and stuff, you know? And he says to me, like, you know, I, apparently not even understanding how Christmas works. He goes, you know what I'm getting for Christmas? <laughs> I'm like, okay, what? He goes, I'm, I'm buying the gift. So, um, he goes, um, you know what I'm getting for Christmas? I said, what are you getting? He said, I'm getting a PS five. I said, you are. He said, yep. Already circled it. And then he goes, I'm moving the Xbox out of the living room and I'm going to have a PS five in there. <laughs> I said, Oh really? Are you? He said, Oh yeah, it's coming for Christmas. Get it for Christmas. I said, Oh, and he's just, now he's in kindergarten. So now he, you know, he can write, you know, he writes his own stuff. And so I see in the magazine, he's got these big circles around stuff that he wants. And then he writes Teddy underneath it, you know, in his, in his, in his little uh, handwriting, Teddy. And so it's, it's interesting to me, you know, it's, it's to me, I understand his heart. Now he, he feels that connection. He's only ever felt provision. He's only ever felt protection. He's only ever felt comfort, right? So because that's what he knows, that's what he's been taught. That's how he interprets his sonship is that, uh, I've got provision. I've got love, you know, all those things. I've got comfort. Absolutely. And understand this is what Paul's trying to teach the church. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. What did you receive? The spirit of adoption that we may cry as sons, that we may cry, Abba, Father. We're crying out to the Father. Get this. And because we are sons, we are heirs. Hallelujah. That means that what is his is ours. What is God's is ours. We are a part of his family and we can take part in his blessings. In fact, not just some of his blessings, but if you'll read what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said in the third verse of the first chapter that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, which means there are no blessings left to be blessed with. You've been blessed with every single one because he's your father. You're not a slave. You're a son. So catch this. I love that Paul writes this, you know, to the church and he says to them, if he was willing to give us his son, will he also not freely give us all things? Think about that. If God was willing to give us his only begotten son, 
to be a sacrifice for our sins, to die for us, to be tortured for us, if he could do that, will he not willingly and freely give us all things? The answer is, of course he will. Of course he will. Because nothing is greater than Jesus. Nothing's greater than Jesus. People think, well, I'm just really believing, I'm just praying God will really, uh, you know, heal my body. Your healing is not greater or a greater gift than Jesus was. Your provision for your family is not a greater gift than Jesus Christ was. Your protection of your physical body, your peace and your joy, it's not a greater gift than Jesus Christ was to the earth. So if, that's why Paul makes the point, if he was willing to give us Jesus, will he not freely give us all things? And the answer is yes, he will, because he loves us as his children. In fact, Jesus taught the Pharisees in Matthew chapter seven, and he said, which of you being evil, if your child asks you for a fish, do you give him a serpent? If he asks you for bread, do you give him a stone? And he said, if we being earthly fathers, evil men, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who ask him? And so God has a desire to bless his children, just like you do and like I do. Now catch this as we go further here, because I want to show you first uh, John chapter four, where I told you we would go. We're talking about the behind the scenes of fear understanding this secret of why people battle fear so constantly. And one of the big, big reasons that people do is because of the fact they don't understand their identity. They don't understand their relationship to God, the father and understand that we're not slaves. We're sons. If you're a part of the family, as I said a moment ago, if there's, if there's places where anxiety's you know, going on through the earth, fear's going on through the earth, heaviness, you grab tighter to the Father who freely provides you with all things. You grab more tightly to the one who is your protector, your comforter, you see, your guide. But look at this, because, you know, again, we're part of the family of God. John is writing regarding God's love and the day of judgment. Hey, Ted. And I want you to see this first John chapter four and, um, let's start reading with, um, verse 17, the Bible says by this is love perfected with us. So let's go up a little further so that we know what we're talking about here. Um, in fact, let me give you the whole context. Let's start in verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But anybody who does not love does not know God because God is love. And in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son, see that, into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I believe that. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now keep on going. By this we know that if we abide, that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. This is an interesting point. If people don't show love for others, it's a proof God's not in them. Now look at verse 17. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. God is love. But there is no fear in love. Catch this now. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Let's break this down. Fear has to do with punishment. And in this context here, we don't have to fear judgment. We don't have to fear the end of time. We don't even have to fear death. None of these things do we have to fear because his love has been perfected in us. So I want, I want to deal with something quickly here. And I'm going to pray for people that have been battling because there are people that have been battling. And I mean, big time, especially these last 18 to, you know, whatever, 21 months. And we're going to deal with this, but notice Love has to do with, or fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with things that are going to happen. They're going to happen. Listen, by a showing of your hands in the comments, has anybody ever been anxious, fearful about anything and it never even came to pass? Put a hand up in the comments if that's you. You've been fearful or anxious about something and the thing never even came to pass. Never even happened. <laughs> There's been people like that. Let me, t let me tell you, let me give you a good example. Uh, anybody that's older than, you know, 30 years old, maybe 40 is going to understand this one. You ready for this? I'll give you a perfect example of this happening. Y two K. Does anybody remember the hype and the buildup of Y2K? If you're about 40 years old, you know, maybe 35, you, you might remember this. <laughs> Y2K. Supposedly, everything was going to crash on Y2K. The year 2000. We were going to lose everything. Y'all remember? It was the end of the world. Y2K. <laughs> Dylan said, my uncle flipped the main breaker in his house right at the counter. Yeah, Y2K. All the banks were going to crash. All the banks. You're going to lose all your currency. The gas pumps wouldn't work. The world was going to shut down. People were stocking up. 
people had cash pulled out of the bank because you weren't going to be able to get cash because ca- banks were going to crash because somebody wrote the code on the software with two-digit years instead of four-digit years. And once that thing went from 99 to 00, zero everything was going to reset. Everything was going to reset. We were all going to be dead by 1201 January 1st. Y2K, the world was going to explode. You remember? People were freaked out, man. They were freaked out. They were ready to hang up, hang up, you know, throw in the towel. We're done. It's Y2K. It's Y2K. And um, it came and it went and nothing happened. (laughs) Not a thing happened. And everybody had been in fear for so much time, for so long. They were fearing a thing that was coming that wasn't even real. Had nothing had happened, but I was, I was fearful anyway. You know, and nothing took place. All of that wasted time and lack of faith for something that wasn't even real. It wasn't even real. Are you ready for another one? I'm going to give you another one real quick. 2012. The Mayan calendar said that the world is coming to an end. Who remembers 2012? This is just what, nine years ago? 2012, it was the Mayan calendar. Nothing was going to exist after 2012. The world was going to end. It was over. They even made the movie about it. 2012, it was the apocalypse we were done for. And everybody was freaked out. Everybody freaked out. 2012 is coming. (laughs) AJ said, I went to an end of the world concert. (laughs) 2012, baby. We are all going to die. Mayans, thanks to the Mayans. Who knows if somebody just got like tired. There might have just been a Mayan dude that was keeping the calendars that just got tired of writing down the calendar numbers. He said, you know what? We've gone so far out into the future. 2012, I'm not even going to live anywhere close there. I'm done. I'm done drawing up calendars. (laughs) But people freaked out, man. People were scared. They were ready to, oh man. 12, 12, 12. Watch out. December 12th, 2012, 12, 12, 12. Woo! End of the world. And people freaked out. People were afraid. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. One of the things that I want to encourage you is this. And you need to get this in your spirit. Many times, many times, the devil wants, you know, people are sitting around afraid. The devil wants you to sit around in fear for things that haven't even happened. Things that may never come to pass. But here's the trick, okay? Get this now. Fear is sin. Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 23, anything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Let let me say this to you, because I've never taught on this before on the broadcast, never, in all these years. We look at fear two ways in the Bible, right? There's a way that we talk about fear in the Bible that means a reverential awe, the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. Well, we're not supposed to be afraid of God, obviously. We're talking about being, it's not talking about being afraid of God like he's some taskmaster, he's some abusive father. That doesn't, it's not what the Bible's talking about. But when we talk about the fear of God 
or fearing God. It's talking about having a reverence for God, an awe of God, his greatness, his power, his holiness. We have a, a reverential awe for God. But when we're talking about fear, we're talking about actual fear. People getting afraid about stuff. But did you ever think about this? Because this popped into my spirit today and I'm sitting here meditating on this fact is that when people, this is why fear is so evil and so wicked, especially as children of God. It's because truly though, even though that's how we talk about the fear of God, it's a reverential awe. But did you ever think for the other type of fear, that's really what it is for that type of fear also, because we're looking at a situation and we are giving our reverence and our awe to a situation that could destroy us, that could hurt us, that could bankrupt, whatever it might be. And we, instead of giving that to God, instead of giving him reverential awe, we're giving reverential awe to a situation that could destroy our family or whatever it might be, destroy our body, destroy our mind. And what are we doing? By doing that, And by taking those actions, by speaking those words, we are saying this situation is greater than the God that I serve. What a dangerous place to be. Get this now. We have given our reverential awe, we've taken it from God, and we've given it to a situation, to, you know, whatever it might be, a doctor's report. Uh, what the government's doing, what the economy's doing, whatever that is. And we're saying this situation is greater than the God that I serve. That's why it's such a wicked thing to live in fear. Because essentially what you're saying is what I'm facing, what's coming my way, it's more powerful over my life than my God is over my life. Well, you know, my, my marriage is failing. I got issues with my husband. I've got issues with my wife and things are falling apart and I'm just afraid. I'm living afraid of what's going to happen. You're saying that the problems in your marriage are greater than the power of God. Well, I got this report from the doctor. This is what the, this is the diagnosis. This is what they're saying that I have. You're saying that the doctor's word is greater than God's word. You're saying that what's happening to your body is greater than the God you serve. Hear what I'm telling you today. We've traded our reverential awe and we've pulled it from God and we've given it to situations that the enemy has sent to destroy us. And what we're saying is that the natural circumstances are greater than the God that I serve. It's not that it's right. Lenan's exactly right in the comments. It's a form of idolatry. It's a form of this is greater than God. This is before God. Because what we're saying is, well, you know, I I trusted him. I trusted him all the way up until the doctor said I had cancer. And, you know, cancer is just such a rough thing. And I don't know that anybody can, you know, I'm just learning to live with, I'm just learning to deal with the fact and and make peace with the fact that I'm not going to be here much longer. Oh, really? Yeah, because God's so powerful that he just can't do anything about cancer. We have given our reverential awe to things. We've given, there were Christians who all of last year, they gave their reverential awe to a virus. 
They're still doing it. There's Christians still today that have given their reverential awe to a virus. And it's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's wicked. Because God is far greater than any issue, any issue that may arise in this world. Doesn't matter what it is. Sickness, disease, a virus, doesn't matter. Issues in your relationships and with your family, doesn't matter. Political problems in your nation, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've given our reverential awe to a natural circumstance versus the almighty God. And this is the secret about fear that nobody talks about. The secret is the enemy is behind the scenes wanting to use your fear as a means to get you to put things before God. Get this now. Get this in your spirit. Get this in your heart. Live like this. This will change everything. We've not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. No. A spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. I can grab on to his presence. I can grab on to his power. I can grab on to his glory, his healing virtue, his joy unspeakable and full of glory, his peace that passes all understanding. I can grab on to that as his son. It's mine by inheritance. I want you to put that in to the comments before we pray today. It is mine by inheritance. I want you to write it down because people miss this. They miss this and then they live the rest of their life in fear, in worry, anxiety, depression. No, put it in the comments. It is mine by inheritance. No question about it. It is mine by inheritance. And once you know it's yours, you're not letting go. You are not letting go of that. It's mine by inheritance. I take it by faith. I take it by faith. Devil, if you thought you were going to take me out, you got another thing coming. I'm not going to even fear it. I'm not going to even fear it because I've got an answer by inheritance. I'm a son of God. I am a son of God. He wanted you to know, ladies, though you are female, it doesn't change anything about your inheritance. It doesn't change anything. He called you sons just as much as every man is a son. You're getting the inheritance too. Every woman is getting her inheritance. Every man is getting his inheritance in Jesus' name. And the devil's got no chance with you. He's got no chance with your family. He's got no chance with your children. No chance in your physical body. None. Perfect love casts out all fear. We love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Perfect love and the love that he's put in us casts out fear. We don't have to have fear of judgment. By the way, God's not judging his children. If I have to hear one more false preacher get on Facebook and talk about how all these things that are happening, it's God judging his children. No, it's not God judging his children. God judged sin on the body of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. And now by faith, by grace through faith, we've received that sacrifice and we now stand as the children of God. He's not punishing us twice. 
Jesus took your punishment. He took your judgment. God's judgment is not for you. As Paul wrote, that uh, we're not appointed unto wrath. It's not our portion. It's not our portion. Jesus nailed it to the cross. He nailed it to the cross. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray here at the end of this broadcast. There's people. I'm so tired of the spirit of fear touching people. We're going to take authority over it today in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And peace that passes all understanding is coming to you. Joy that's overflowing is coming to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. So Father, we take authority over every spirit of fear, anxiety, what your word calls a spirit of heaviness. We rebuke it today in Jesus' name. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. Today we declare by faith we're standing up. It's our inheritance. We cry, Abba, Father. We grab hold of the glory of God by faith, the power of God by faith. And we declare we will have a peace that passes all understanding. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Doesn't matter what's going on in the government. Doesn't matter what's going on in the culture. Peace belongs to us. We're on a different system in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. Now, I thank you, Lord, that every person who needs a miracle today that's watching and listening to me is receiving the virtue of heaven. Touch them by your power. Touch them. Just in the same way, Lord, that the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched the hem of Christ's garment, he said, I felt virtue go out of my body. Let that same virtue come upon every one of these that are watching and listening who need a touch from heaven. Let miracles quickly come to pass in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you receive it, put some fire up in the comments section, throw some hands up, and receive that prayer today by the power of the Holy Ghost. Maddie, I don't know if when you switch the lower third, if it's going to take my audio away, because I don't know if they reset all the audio for some reason. It's like a problem. But I am going to encourage you. No, it's good. I am going to encourage you to sow a seed today. Those that are uh, watching, those that are listening. We're back all this week and then we're headed to Ontario, Ohio. God is moving. There's my friend, Mike Swinney. Good to see you. He's out in uh, Montana. And uh, God's moving, man. Miracles are taking place and it's supernatural. Get some seed in the ground. I told you that this is going to be a close of the year where we're going to see wonders wonders are taking place and um, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go already seeing God move. And what is a wonder again? It is when God does something so big, it makes people wonder how it happened. That's my confession for you. Get ready for God to move in such a way. People will look at you and wonder how that happened. And then in, in 2022, we're stepping in to divine possession. We will possess what we've never possessed in this upcoming year. Get ready for it. You can go to miracleword.com. Let me encourage you today, if you've not done so already, to partner with this ministry. Stand with us in partnership and believe God that this generation will be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Believe God that your family's going to another level financially. If you want to do that, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash partner and uh, you can see 
all that the ministry's doing. You can find out all that's taking place and you can stand with us before Jesus comes, before it's too late. And I want to say thank you to everybody that is sowing seed. I can't believe we're already past halfway through October, but um, it's time's flying, man. Time is flying. And in the month of October, we're sending you that book by E.W. Kenyon, Jesus the Healer. If you'd like to get a copy of it, you can go to miracleword.com and you can see there forward slash offer. Please, please, if you want to receive these each month, you got to let us know because uh, there's people that have written and said, I don't, I'm not getting my book. We go back and look, they're not filling out the form. So we don't know that you want it. So you got to fill it out. Miraclework.com forward slash offer. We'll get it to you. Uh, Miss Rose said, I support this ministry because I believe in it. And we thank you and we love you. Um, let me say one more time before we go, and I'm going to play the video again. Tomorrow, the brand new youth podcast, the last gen podcast is launching. You can throw the lower third up because I want, I want them to see it again. The last gen's up at the top, last gen, lower third, uh, or did you have it? You had it a minute ago. Yeah. Boom. Look at that. If you want to get up on this and it's on all major podcast platforms, go to miracleword.com forward slash last gen, all one word. This launches first episode tomorrow. Get your students on it. Get your kids, get your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews. You listen to it. It'll build your faith every week, a brand new episode on the last gen podcast. That's going to give you information. It's going to answer questions. It's going to build your faith and equip you for living life in what may be the last generation of time before Jesus comes. I mean, I'm looking around at what's going on in the world and it would not surprise me a bit if the Lord came back, it would not surprise me a bit. I feel like we're in the final moments of time. Now, tomorrow I'll be back with you all this week. Tomorrow Carolyn is back live in the studio at uh, two o'clock and also on Friday. And it's going to be an awesome week. You're not going to want to miss one of these. Um, Before we go, we're going to play that video for you one more time. I'm so excited that this has taken place. Um, Lena, that's why I said, she said, I can't find it on Apple. It's up. I found it on my phone. That's why I said, go to the website because as it's propagating in search, now that we just, just launched it, it's going to take time for it to show up in search. So Go to the website, miracleword.com forward slash last gen. And uh, the link for all the podcast platforms is on the website. Click it. It'll take you right there on your phone. So um, once again, miracleword.com forward slash last gen and jump in. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. Here it is again, the video. I'll see you again tomorrow morning, 1030. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.